The Colorado Equals Security Podcast is your local source for regional security news, local events, and interviews with key individuals in the region. Now, here are your hosts, Rob Reck and Alex Wood. Welcome to Colorado Equal Security. This is the newscast for episode 124 for the week of July 8th. Uh, and I guess, Alex, our country is now, what, 230-something yeah, years old? Yeah, something like that. You think We're I might be ready for this conversation but since well, I brought it up, right? You know, I was actually listening to an interesting podcast today that was talking about the actual origins of our country and, yeah. and how we were just a bunch of smugglers who didn't want to pay uh taxes on our tea yeah uh but not that we they we more just wanted to keep smuggling tea as opposed to actually being revolting against the the government anyway. well priorities right priorities uh 240 to 243 we just turned 243 like how i got that rambling for you thank so you, you can do the math in your head. thank you for giving me that time <laughs> that it was necessary um hey it's uh it's good where you know you look like you've actually recovered pretty well from what i assume was a very heavy night of drinking you know it, it was the drinking was not particularly heavy, but the fireworks were heavy. So I, I, I'm a little hard of hearing still. What was that? Uh, what? Did uh, did you, you lose know. your finger that's used for biometric authentication? No, I, I my finger is still there. <laughs> that's that not the finger you use for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, before we jump into the news, uh, we have uh, just a little bit of housekeeping to talk about. We have a, a Slack channel. This is a, a great opportunity for you to jump on and talk to other folks in the security community. Uh, if you want to join the Slack channel, go out to the front page of colorado-security.com and click on that join Slack link and you can see us there. Also on that website, uh, colorado-security.com, you can find our mailing list, scroll all the way to the bottom, sign up, and you will get the show notes in your email. Be the first one to know when there is a new episode and everything about it. You know, we could record this part of the show and not even have to do this every week. You know, there are professional podcasts that are out there where you can tell like it skips a little bit and it's like, oh, I've heard this before, but yeah. you know, we do it new every week. But this way people can hear our, our mistakes and really the truth comes out as we yeah. do these, right? Um, we would love it if you would rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening app, be that Google Play or iTunes or Spotify. While you're there, subscribe, make sure you're listening uh, or you're having the show automatically downloaded. Uh, to your podcast player. See, mistake. And if you love us, uh, we would love it if you tell a friend. Uh, talk to one of your coworkers, to one of the people who you met during the 4th of July, maybe whoever you're sitting next to in your current holding cell. Uh, let them know about the podcast. We'd love to have some new listeners. Uh, and finally, um, if you're not in a holding cell and, and have a little extra cash, would like to support us financially, uh, we would love for you to join our Patreon campaign and help defer the costs that we incur for doing the podcast. All right, let's jump into the news. Alex, we're not burying the lead this week. We're starting off with the most exciting news of the week. Uh, Little Man Ice Cream is opening up a brand new store in in Sloan's Lake. You know, Rob, I saw you put this story in the, the news this week and I thought, really? Uh, and then I read the article. And I was like, whoa, this is actually really awesome. This is like a 6,000 square foot facility with a tasting room and they have a conveyor belt that brings you food on it. Uh, they're going, they're actually 10 times in their, their ability to make, make ice cream, right? The capacity is going to be 10 X what it was previous to this. Not only that, there is a slide. So this sounds like a pretty cool place. It opened up this weekend. Uh, I assume you haven't brought the family there yet. I have not either. I have not. I hope to go soon. I'm looking forward to it. I assume that the lines will be even worse than the other <laughs> little man. Um, but you know, so it is big. It's six times as big. So six times the lines. Uh, I, so I guess wait until 
you know, I don't know, give it, give it a month and then go as soon as they open in the, in the early afternoon, I assume. I, I say start lining up at three in the morning. You should get in, you know, promptly as they open. Hey, Alex, was that phone number, that phone you just got, was that coming from your own area code and prefix? Uh, you know, that's strange, Rob. I think it was. I've seen, I've seen a lot of those and it looks like our federal government is actually starting to do something about all these robocalls. Yeah. Over the past couple of weeks, there was a crackdown that involved nearly a hundred cases uh, five of which are being criminally enforced uh, through the FTC, the Justice Department, Justice Department, and 15 states, uh, cr- cracking down on those operations that are doing those illegal robocalls. And you're wondering, dear listeners, I'm sure you're wondering, why is Colorado Equal Security talking about this national issue? Well, because in the list of states that contributed to this this campaign, Colorado is one. Uh, it is, uh, and Colorado is always number one. The, they also talked about some uh, potential legislation that is happening at the federal level to make it easier to crack down on robocallers, uh, partially by uh, being able to find them more. This It seems like this might actually be one of the pieces of legislation that, that could happen because literally every single person who's voting has a phone and is getting bothered by these calls. Everyone. Every single one. All right. Uh, moving along, our, our next one is actually another kind of interesting tech Colorado story. This one comes from, strangely enough, energynews.us, but specifically it's about a new uh, data center that's going to be built in Pueblo. The, what's unique about this data center is it's being specifically made to do cryptocurrency mining, which is so hilarious to me because as an, as a world, we've decided that we want to create uh, the need for people to do proof of work that's so difficult that they're going to that they're going to build whole data centers right. just to show that they did the work. Yeah, uh, it is extremely silly. the The point of the article is talking about how in Pueblo, um, it's actually Black Hills Energy that is providing the power down there, and they'd committed to a certain percentage of renewable energy. And if this new data center comes online, which has a large amount of power requirements. Um, it's possible that they won't be able to meet that with renewable energy and thus won't be able to meet their goals. Um, but I said, you know, that's not a problem. This data center is going to go out of business five minutes after it opens because, you know, cryptocurrency isn't profitable anymore. I don't have it. You seen it. We're back on. We're back on the yeah. way up again. You got to buy, buy, buy. I I predict a very short future for this operation. So I got a, I got a, a note from one of my. Uh, kind of distant family members asking me, Rob, what do you think about this new cryptocurrency that's being put out by X institution? I was thinking about investing in it. And I said, you you said (laughs) you should invest in it. If you would like to lose your money, I said, uh, it's not investments, it's speculation. And I have no idea if that will go up or down, which is basically what speculation is, right? Hopefully it was the cryptocurrency that's being started by Facebook because right there, that's a double whammy. (laughs) (laughs) It was not Facebook, but uh, that's another good one. All right. That is it for our area news. Let's get into some security news. So Coalfire had a blog this week uh, talking about preparing for PCI DSS 4.0. So I guess that the draft uh, PCI 4.0 is actually out um, for comments right now. So you can take a look and see what you think. Kind of the exciting news for those of us in the IAM world or those who just care about IAM is that they are working to uh, allow new um, compliance with the NIST 863 B guidance that goes into, um, you know, not having to change your password and, and getting away from um, those uh, highly complex passwords into, you know, kind of longer. Right. The, uh, your standard eight characters. Right. It's got to be one of each thing. You got to change every yep. 90 days. 
um, which I think is really, really exciting because pretty much the only thing that I hear about PCI anymore is people bitching about wanting to change their password policies, but not being able to because PCI tells them that they have to have the old style password. So I'm excited. I, I, Wish I had time to have read the the draft uh, standard, but if, if those of you listening, if you have some interesting feedback, send us a note. We'd be happy to share your thoughts on the show in the future. Uh, next story we have is from SecureSet. It's a blog where they're talking about what are the key soft skills you need in security. We do spend a lot of time talking about what are the technical skills, you know, getting your cloud security experience, getting your DevOps security. Uh, and they spend some time talking about what is the soft skills side of things look like. Yeah, so some of those are... Uh, talking about communication and active listening, presentation skills, management skills, um, being able to solve problems well, uh, loyalty, humility. I think humility is a really good soft I'm, skill. I'm really good at that. Yeah, you, you are the most uh, humble I, I really, person that I know. I really have been talking about it for quite a while. Um, but anyway, great list of soft skills in here. Uh, so if you are someone that is uh, you know, either in the job market or looking for skills to expand, um, those are good things to, to try and expand. I think self-awareness should be on that list too. Self-awareness. Yeah, that's a good one. Knowing what you're bad at, what you're good at, that you're socially awkward, and maybe just mention that right off the bat. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we have a story from eWeek. We actually have a really wide variety of sources for stories this week. You know why that is, Rob? Nope. There was no news this week. <laughs> we were scanning the web everywhere looking for news for you people. Uh, Everybody's on vacation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is an interesting story, though. This is by eWeek comparing two uh, of the most popular sims out there. They were comparing Splunk versus our own local logarithm. Yeah. Uh, they, Even though they call this a head-to-head article, it really is describing both sims independently and, and talking about their strengths and weaknesses. And then they also give a rating to both of them. Um, and it was fairly close. Um are very close, actually. Logarithm scored a 4.7 out of 5, and Splunk got a 4.8. Well, so, we, we know the Splunk is way more expensive, so I assume that accounts for the extra point. That, point that's one. right. That's <laughs> is that, right. Is that how that works? Something like that. Uh, next, there was an article from CyberGRX talking about the fact that they've been named to the 2019 Colorado Companies to Watch. Congratulations to them. Uh, obviously, a lot of buzz being generated. I've heard a lot of positive things in the last year. Alex, were there any other companies on that list that you think are noteworthy for our listeners? You know, my favorite company on the list was Laws Whiskey House. Laws makes great whiskey, and I'm glad to see that they were our growing company. And it's smooth and slick. Now, it, we could get Laws to be a sponsor for us if we uh, if, if we give it a shot, right? Well, I think we should we should try that. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. Couldn't yeah. hurt. Uh, oh, all right, go ahead. So this was not a technology company uh, list, uh, but just growing Colorado company. Congratulations to CyberGRX for that. Uh, and then finally, we are want to rec- remind you again that the Apex Awards nominations are up right now. And if you want to go nominate your favorite uh, CISO of the year, CEO of the year, CIO of the year, project of the year, uh, it's open. The link's in yep. the show notes. We'd love to have you out there. That would be great. All right. Uh, now let's move on to the Slack message of the week. Thanks again to Andre Gata, who sponsors the Slack message of the week. Uh, he does this out of his own pocket and provides up to $25 per week to someone who uh, has a great Slack message. $25 for someone to pick an item from the Colorado Equal Security Store. Very important part of that $25. Which is available to any of you, you know, using your own money on the front of colorado-security.com. This week, we are going to recognize Daniel Ayala. Uh, he posted about the YouTube recent, recently kind of controversial change they made where YouTube was blocking hacking demonstration videos kind of throughout their platform. Yeah, the, it seems like they're making some changes to, you know, in general, what sort of content is allowed or not. 
and uh, hacking videos got caught up in that. There were some that, you know, we might call legitimate, you know, sort of learning videos that were taken down because of that, as opposed to actual demonstrations of what somebody might think of as hacking. Um, I had seen that today they actually started to walk that back a little bit. And, and I think some people were allowed back on the platform, uh, which is a good thing. Well, there was a lot of up, uproar in the Colorado Equal Security Slack channel about this. There was. So I can only assume that, you know, that kind of uh, backlash really made a difference for YouTube. I, I think that's probably what did it. Good job, loyal listeners. Uh, and thanks to Daniel, of course, congratulations on your win. Moving over to upcoming events. Um, on July 9th and 10th, we have the ISSA July chapter meetings. That's going to be in Boulder on Tuesday uh, for lunch, in downtown Denver Tuesday for dinner, and the DTC Wednesday for lunch. Also on the 10th, SecureSet is doing a Hacking 101 intro to PowerShell. On the 12th, Colorado Springs is doing their second Friday meetup. It's going to be uh, obviously usually the first Friday, but they had to push it back due to the 4th of July. Um, Colorado Springs ISSA is doing their July chapter meetings on the 16th and 17th. DENSEC is doing their July meetup. That's going to be at Ryan House on the 17th. On the 17th as well, NCC is doing a meet and greet. Um, the CTA is doing the future of work on the 17th. That's a busy day, that 17th. Yes, it is. Uh, on the 18th, the CTA is also doing a tech working, the future of cybercrime and insurance event. That sounds interesting. So if you really want to be future focused, uh, CTA's got your... The future your is events. now, Rob. It literally is. Uh, and then finally, on the 20th, Col Colorado Springs ISSA is doing one of their mini seminars that Saturday morning. Awesome. That is it for events. Let's jump over to the jobs. Rob, does Pink Identity have any openings? I got. I have four open jobs in Denver right now. Can you believe it? I have a new one. So we'll start with a new one. We're looking for a GRC analyst. And this is a really a pretty entry-level position. We're looking for someone who wants to come in and learn about compliance risk, uh, regulatory stuff, SOC audits, ISO certifications, someone who's an interest in research, interest in learning, good communication skills. Uh, like I said, someone who's looking to get their foot into security. That's a good role for you. Uh, and then we're also hiring three different roles in product security from more junior level uh, product security engineers all the way to a manager of that team. Go to the website at pingidentity.com and, and look for your favorite job. And in case it doesn't sound familiar, product security should read to most people as AppSec. AppSec, yep, very similar. Uh, Elevations Credit Union is looking for an information security officer. Comcast is hiring a principal cybersecurity architect. Digital Globe is looking for a senior software security architect. Transamerica is hiring a security architect to complete our trifecta of architect roles. Sweet. Zoom is looking for a security analyst. IntelliSecure is hiring a data protection analyst. Code42 is looking for a security solutions engineer. I think that's, I don't know, I think that was probably like professional services or, or, or customer focus. I don't think it's internal. Um, and that Coalfire is hiring a security consultant application web comma mobile penetration tester. All right. That's very uh, complex in that job title. And then finally, Wells Fargo is hiring an IT audit manager uh, in parentheses, IT governance and CIO application. Uh, All good right. stuff. You want to be an auditor for Wells Fargo? There you go. Sweet. Um, that is it for the news this week. We have a feature interview with Ed Mahoney. Um, Ed, I, I believe you actually worked with Ed previously. I did. Um, I got to sit down with him and interview him though. Um, Ed is currently a product manager for uh, for CenturyLink, but 
that's not what we were talking about. We were talking about the fact that he has become a, an, a novelist and uh, the, the two novels he's written are both about cybersecurity, kind of realistic spy theme type stuff. I got, to, I read the book, I interviewed him and we get to talk about the process and what, the, what it's all like. And I believe this book is about cyber war. Uh, it's, I believe it's, it's full spectrum cyber war oh, to be specific. Indeed. Yeah. Well, that is it for this week. And Oh, we, we need to let you guys know we're not going to be here next week. Um, both Alex and I have uh, other commitments more important than, than you all, um, which doesn't happen very often, very infrequent. Yeah. So this must be very important. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be back again in two weeks and we'll miss you very much. And, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll send postcards and, and we'll see you then. Sounds good. Thanks Rob. Hello, this is Jeremy Cooper-Levitt, Managing Director of Assurance at Charles Schwab. This is Colorado Equals Security for Colorado Security Professionals by Colorado Security Professionals. Welcome to Colorado Equals Security. This is Rob Reck, and today I'm sitting with Ed Mahoney. Ed, uh, this is a different episode for me. I've never done something quite like this. You are an author. You're, that's not your full-time job. I don't, I'm guessing that <laughs> selling a few books on Amazon is not a... Not, not, a, not taking the place of not a money maker. Um, so you know, normally I like to start off the interviews by talking about something kind of out of left field. Um, but since uh, since we're mostly going to talk about writing a book, which is a little bit out of left field, let's reverse it. Let's talk about you know your security background. Where first of all, where are you from natively? Are you a Coloradan? You're no, no Texas, Texas. Okay. Really born in Iowa, but mostly raised in Texas, Round Rock, Texas. Round Rock, um, probably. Uh, were you, were you there through long enough to have been there when when Dell opened up, started up? So there? my uh, my wife just just as we got married, my wife was one of uh, I think the first hundred employees. Oh wow! She's you know she tells us she'd have been a, a Dellionaires had I not made her move to Colorado. So so she was there early and, and you said hey I got a better idea let's. Uh, Colorado was a better Colorado idea. Was a better idea. Colorado, I agree with that. Yeah. So so what so what made you choose to go to Colorado? I, uh, you know, back then it was a similar recession to what we just had back in uh, 2007. I graduated college and, and hard to get a good job. Mm. Um, I had a liberal arts degree. I decided what was your degree? Uh, international studies. Okay. I was kind of history and, and poli-sci, basically. And I got interested in tech. I, I got interested in the telecom program, moved up here to go to that IT, ITP program at mm. CU. And, uh, so we, that's stayed. the program we talked about a couple of weeks ago, on the, uh, or maybe a couple of months ago on a, on a podcast. Remind, refresh us, what was the ITP program? So that was interdisciplinary, at least it was at that time, because it was, it, was, it, was, it was out of the engineering school, and there was an MS, but it was mixed with their finance school. Hmm. So it was kind of an MBA engineering degree. Now, I, I listened to that podcast. I, I guess it's morphed into a cybersecurity program. Yeah, well, at least, at least uh, with yeah. an emphasis there. And that's a master's program, right? Yeah. So you got your master's from CU, and uh, was that while you were, were you were working at that time, or was that full time? Well, um, you know, first job I moved up here, uh, uh, go to school, get that program. Very first job, beer vendor at the CU football games. Nice. Back in the day when when they so were, every job after yeah. that has been a step down. It's been kind of a letdown. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they and they sell beer again, but if they sold it in the, the stands. Yeah. I I would be moonlighting. <laughs> I'd be totally moonlighting. So, it was a good. So Ed and I are drinking beers right now in the ping office. So, you know, life hasn't gone too bad. No, it's just some things never change. Yeah. All right, so you, you had the, the, the job doing beer vendor. I, I got an internship at IBM oh, uh, for a year as a, a computer operator doing, the, you know, batch jobs, JCL jobs. Uh, it's pretty cool that it was getting into outsourcing. Their, their first uh, customer was this bank 
bank of Hibernia or something from Louisiana. Hmm. So very early days in outsourcing. And, uh, and it was very cool. But uh, that program opened up a lot of doors for me. I got a job at what was U.S. West hmm. at the time, just down the street where I parked. Yeah. Uh, that, and what were you doing for U.S. West? So, you know, my title was a, a data network engineer. Hmm. Um, really what I was doing, I was helping them back, back at the time, kind of migrate people from from uh, terminal servers onto a, a, a Cisco routed backbone network, you know, yeah. taking them into into the lands and, and networks. But I would really say it was the job was tech writing. Okay. But throughout my career, I mean, you, yourself, you probably do 50 emails a day, don't you? Uh, at least, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the job was mostly a, a tech writer. That's how I would describe it. Did it for a few years and went back to IBM. And what did you do for IBM then? Um, that's where I got into security. Uh, got into a lot of uh, customer-facing situations, traveled a great deal. But uh, I had that data networking background. I think my core skill, if you remember, was a network general. general. Hmm. So that's that's what I was known for. They, I don't even think they have those anymore. Nobody even knows what well, one they, is. Well, on switch networks now, so it's much yeah, harder. Yeah, well, it's a little, little harder, harder, I suppose. Now, yeah. But uh, um, those are pretty cool. Uh, you know, one day I'm deploying firewalls and realized I was in security. Hmm. And that was, that was around, you know, 2000, maybe a year yeah. or two before. And, and well, I mean, security wasn't really much, wasn't a well-known discipline in the 90s. No. You know, it was, there were people who were doing security, but might not have called it doing security, you know. Yeah. I, uh, you know, at, at that time, as that was right when uh, the people I was working with were, were building the first managed security services uh uh, portfolio okay for IBM. for IBM so yeah it was for them that was they were probably in security a decade or two before that with their antivirus services right. and stuff but but nobody called it security. so how long were you at IBM quite a while 23 years oh that's a good run. yeah I really just left a couple of years ago went back yeah. to the telco and I think yeah. uh, you crossed paths with Alex the co-host yeah. the uh, the second best co-host of the Colorado Equal Security podcast yeah I've put him about number two he's um, a solid number two though. yeah no he's really good number two um, I remember when I met him. I was uh, I was walking into some office down in the tech center to uh, to take my my CISP exam, mm -hmm. and he was taking his uh, CISSP at the same time. Yeah, and I went out to lunch um, right afterward. Did you guys console each other? <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's harder now, but I walk. I I, uh, I did buy a, a book CISP for dummies, and I, I spent a night reading that. It. I don't know if it's changed, but you know, if you had a background in IT, hmm. not just security, but it was, you know, 10 different disciplines of IT. If you had a broad background in IT and I did, you could just walk in and take that exam and pass. It's well, probably gotten harder. So for those listening, I don't recommend that that be your studying. No, you should absolutely it. just <laughs> sign up. And if you have to go back again, re-register. As long as you don't mind paying the money, go, go for yeah. it. It'd be a good way to learn what you don't know. Yeah. Try this at home. Uh, so, so you got to know Alex there, and, and apparently you passed, and I, you know maybe you passed. I, I, I don't want to sure start any did. rumors that he's got a fake CISSP on his resume, so I won't say anything else. I let mine expire. I just wanted to go get it. Yeah. I was managing a, a sock at the time, okay. and I was just you know this silly things a line manager does to motivate their team. I just went to go do it to tell my team, look how easy it is. Now you guys go do it, yeah. and most of them did. It was good. So, so do you, you know? I, I do want to get over to the to the writing as well, but I, I want to hear a little bit more about you know you you managed the sock there. You guys started having MSSPs. You know, maybe just talk, broadly describe your career arc at IBM over those twenty three years. 
Yeah, the the um, the technical career kind of ended as I started to deploy firewalls. I think I think maybe management realized that you know my dearth of technical skills. They moved me into management. Mm -hmm. um, so ten years in line management, but that was mostly in that uh, MSSP area. So as as managing all these security teams, picked it up that way, and then. We had a, a merger where IBM acquired ISS, mm -hmm. and that was kind of a reverse merger where, you know, they, they had the big name. We were buying Mindshare, yeah. and a lot of us kind of folded into that outfit. And when that happened, um, after I, I merged my SOC into their their SOC organization, I got into product management, mm. and I was really happy with that. It's a pretty I, big change going from you know. Uh, Line management of technical staff to product management. It, so, it sounds like it is, but uh, you know, first of all, product management, the role is getting people to do stuff for you, mm. just like line management was. Except, you know, fortunately, you don't have to do their performance reviews, mm. so a lot easier as far as that goes. Um, but very similar. And, and then my experience at IBM it was when IBM was was growing dramatically, and everything was like the role of a product manager, you're, you're launching new services constantly. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt like I had that background. I really enjoyed it. Um, I felt like 23 years was too long. I should have mm -hmm. left after 10, but I am happy that I moved into product management because I, I could do this the rest of my life. Yeah. I really like so it. So what, what, any products do you manage at IBM that you can share that I, I might recognize or might be relevant here? Um, yeah, for them, when I first got into product management, I think one of the first things I launched from scratch was was managed blue coat, so we started to mm. support a, a secure web gateway product. Um, but but uh, throughout that, I I, uh, I ran their managed firewalls, their their uh, as message labs back in the day, all their you know their their web email, their their uh, um, web security, um, it, mostly around managed firewalls. I, I feel if I I don't have to think about all the things that I uh, that I touched. I, I managed their uh, antivirus team for a while. I think mm. they called them malware defense. Um, managed well before product management. Uh, told you I managed the SOC, but uh, different products. God, I, I can't remember them all. That's quite. A, it's quite a good laundry list right there, though. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back focused on uh, the managed firewall service right now. Well, so you, you know, moved I over could to say level, there were... level three slash uh, CenturyLink, I guess. So you're yeah. CenturyLink. And and over there you're managing you're managing the or product managing the product managing the, yeah the managed firewall service yeah so Cisco Palo Alto um, Fortin Checkpoint uh, no checkpoint well so I, 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 we do we do I, I uh, I'm kind of scaling back our, our focus on checkpoint but yeah all four of them okay. but those three or four I mean that is the market they own yeah. fifty percent of the market yeah um, those are the ones you have to um, have to manage awesome all right well you mentioned that you had a a liberal arts emphasis in college. Uh, you've done a lot of writing in your career professionally. At what point did writing for fun enter into the equation for you? Yeah, we all write every day. Um, 2016, I, I think, um, you know, I think anybody who reads, and you, you seem to be an avid reader, if you read, you probably think at some point you'd like to write a book. Mm. It's just like if you, you work out and you listen to music, you fantasize that you know you're the the singer songwriter <laughs> right there. You know you, you just think I can, yeah. You think I can do this, and I want to. So uh, I finally did about yeah in 2014. I came across this story. It was such a good story, and I, I just knew that I'm, I'm going to write a book on that. Hmm. And I knew I wanted you know it's a real story, but I knew I, I wanted to write fiction. And, uh, and still, I, you know, I, I sat on it for about two years. But in 2016, as 
is working with this lady at IBM, another product manager, Wendy Tarian. She was a writer, and she just held my hand. So, yeah, yeah, write the book. Here's how you do it. Yeah. And uh, um, I started writing it six months later, self-published. Um, it was a lot of work. I put. I think I figured I put 800 hours into that. So when you say when you say she told you to write it and she held your hand, you know, I understand you probably can't give every detail on this podcast, but I'd love to hear, you know, broad strokes. What does that mean? Like, Obviously, you could just open up Word on your computer and just type, but I'm guessing yeah. there's something more to it than that. What's your process? I, I would say, you know, it started with, um, with uh, you know, I, I knew my story, so so I started to write it and, and uh, gave her the first pages, and she reviewed it and gave me the confidence to go for, you know, and she she wouldn't she wouldn't have lied, yeah. so she gave me the confidence to continue with it, and then after that, I I didn't really have guidance, uh, too much guidance. You know, she would say, you know, work with this software package or do that or, or the other. Um, I came up with my own idea on, on how I wanted to do it. Uh, I learned later that there are, are two methods to writing. Uh, one is an outliner and the other is called a pantser. Mm-hmm. Seat of your pants, yeah. a pantser. So seat of your pants just sits down and makes shit up, you know, yeah. just nonstop, you know, no, no structure. And then the other one's pure structure. Yep. Most people are some sort of hybrid. I'm a hybrid. But I used, uh, are you familiar with Evernote? Yeah. Yeah. I thought that I was using Evernote at the time, and, and uh, most people use Word or something. But I, I just loved that that whole uh, um, navigation thing on the left-hand side. I saw that I could I could set out my, my paragraphs, or I'm sorry, my, my chapters yeah. and my scenes. I had an idea. I didn't have to write in a linear fashion. Um, I, I was halfway through the book, and I, I figured out my ending. I wrote my ending. So, did, went, so yeah. you knew... When you started the book, you didn't know the ending. I didn't. Halfway through, you figured out the ending. Yeah. And then you, you then you kind of skipped and wrote the ending, and then you filled in the. Middle I knew I had a great half. story. Uh, I didn't know the ending. That's a little uncomfortable, but you know, I figured it would come. Same thing with the second book. I didn't okay. know the ending until about halfway through. So let, let's talk. Uh, I you know I have you mentioned I I have read quite a bit, and I, and I actually you know when, whenever I come across a a book around a novel around technology, I'm more inclined to read those like. Hey, it's closer to Are my you? world. Yeah, I generally yeah. am. Uh, but I can't think off the top of my head of any that have been like pretty clearly security focused. And and the you know you had sent me your second book. Um, holy smokes! Now I can't remember the name of it. Uh, no, I got it. Full Spectrum Cyber War. Thanks. I was going to jump in there. Yeah, man. I, 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 I wanted. I didn't yeah. want to yeah. miss it completely. <laughs> I, but I, I, uh, full Spectrum Cyber War. Um, and I and I read that, and it's pretty much a security book. So so I'd love to yeah. know like. You know, what was your, uh, you know, obviously you have a, a couple decades here. Is, are there any other security books that you've read that kind of led you down this? Or is you, you saw a gap? Or, or what was your head there? I saw a gap. But it's a yes and no. Um, you know, there's a ton of security books. Um, but but I saw a gap. There are a lot of reasons I decided to write that book. but And that's one of them. I didn't think there was anything out there. Not much out there like this. Yeah. Um, Neil Stevenson, you know, reamed or something. But uh but for the most part, the first security book I read was uh, Cuckoo's Egg by mm-hmm. Clifford Stoll. Sure. And that was a really long time ago. So Cuckoo's um, Egg is about the professor from Berkeley who uh, yes. can, kind of came across. And maybe you want to summarize for our listeners. Well, yeah, such a cool guy, right? He's a grad student, and, and he's got this job he's got to do on campus of, of uh, kind of managing the modems and stuff. And he sees the charges and off by like three cents. Yeah. And he's got issues with that because he's a rocket scientist. And he follows it up in international intrigue. Great story, but... True story. True story, nonfiction. 
Yeah. Read like fiction, read like a tech thriller. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. But nonfiction. Yeah. Every story that I've read, every good book I've read just about is nonfiction. Mm. And not everybody's going to read that. Tech guys will read it. Um, well, certain people with that aptitude will read nonfiction, but most people will never look at it. The, the ones that I've enjoyed read like fiction because um, they'll spread characters, you know, do the things that a fictional story right. will do to be entertaining. Um, Countdown to Zero, that was a pretty good one on Stuxnet. Countdown to Zero Day. Yeah. Have uh, you read Cryptonomicon? Yeah, so that was an early one as well, yeah. right? And I, you know, I would say it drew in the IT crowd. Yeah. IT people read that book and they loved it because it was familiar to them. Yeah. Um, not deep into security. It, it was, you know, it, it talked about Enigma and stuff. And then it was, uh, and then it, it was it had two time zones, right? Yeah. It's, it's talking about uh, skip it's time travel, basically. You know? Yeah, it almost was. I, it took me a couple chapters yeah. to figure it out. And what's going on? That's another good one. Uh, little Little Brother, you got Little Brother. Yeah, it's by Cory Doctorow, who he he actually wrote Homeland too, and I don't know if that's from this if that's the the same one. I think oh, it is the same one they made. I've been told to read that, and I haven't. Yeah, done. so so that's really good. Um, yeah. Anyway, there, there's some good ones, but to your point, like these are you know they're technology focused, but they don't really get into the the security aspect of things too much. They they don't they don't get into the detail that I like. I, I like uh, tech thrillers. I like a little bit of detail, and I, I did want to write a computer security primer. You know, for sure. people who like to read, they're not in our industry, but they're interested in it. A lot of yeah. people are interested in it. So I, I was trying to do a com computer security primer. So let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, Full Spectrum Cyber War. I have a bone to pick with you. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the yeah. first bad guy in the book uh, is very clearly the CISO for um, the wind farm in the UK, who's uh, kind of an incompetent, uh, may, maybe even, well, even unethical, um, person, so thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for that. We, you know, we in the CISO chairs and, appreciate and a, appreciate a woman that. too. Just want to throw me under the Me Too bus uh, while I was, you're at it. I, I, I was doing my best not to not to mention that it was a female. Um, but then I guess you know it turns around and, and the real bad guy is is Vladimir Putin. So so you're pretty yeah. safe. Thank you. You're pretty Thank safe. you. We are sitting in my office right now. Do you see this calendar right behind me up there? I have a, I, on my wall. I have a, <laughs> I have a Vladimir Putin uh, wall calendar. That was did he a, sign it for it you? It was a gift to me. Yeah. He didn't, but there is a picture no. of him shirtless uh, <laughs> in that calendar. As long as you're not shirtless alongside. Uh, I'm not. Good. So so yeah, it, it, really good book. The there's a few things that I want to call out from it. Uh, I thought you did a really good job talking about you know, the, the, the details of how they're hacking into these accounts and, you know, a lot of getting into financial accounts and trying to gain access and, and talking about, you know, when they run into multi-factor authentication, what the impacts of that were and, and, and how that, that makes it a lot harder. Thank you. You know, I'm not, we, we talked about my technical skills, you know, you, you might want me on your team, but you probably don't want me touching the keyboard anymore. So I, I, I'm only going to get so deep, but I do want to talk a, a certain level of process and, and just show people how doable it is. I want them to understand that, yeah, this can be done. And if you want to do some Googling after you read the book, you could probably do it too. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. What was your, you know, you, it, was a, it was a big story, right? You, you didn't go with like, here's a, here's a little incident that happens in, you know, the, a corner of, uh, of Texas. It was, you know, here are all of the major nation, nation states in the, in the West coming into conflict with Russia, right? Like, that, it's a pretty broad thing. And how do you feel was, the, but the confidence for that? Well, well, I don't know. You know, I did have the international studies background, and I'm interested in that stuff. I, I'll tell you, I don't watch news much anymore, but I love news. I love politics, um, and, and I read. 
but uh, if you think about it, there wasn't much that I made up there. Hmm. I, I just took stuff right out of the paper. Yeah, um, it wasn't that hard to that. All that stuff was just in my head, not as somebody who's making stuff up. It, it was just out there. Yeah, and this stuff you doing some research, figuring out. You know, you know you, how do these countries work together? Yeah, like like um, when I I, I kind of when I had the characters Sarah and uh, oh, Sarah's boyfriend's name uh, Joseph, um, you know I, I weaved in the the fact that uh, Greece and Macedonia really don't like each other, mm -hmm. um, and maybe a lot of people wouldn't pick that up, but that's what I was playing yeah. on. Yeah, it, it definitely did. Uh, I, you know, kind of there, there's definitely a Colorado tie-in here. Your your protagonist, our main character, uh, Rob, right? Yeah. If I remember correctly, um, he's a fifty-something-ish, fifty-five-ish-year-old uh, entrepreneur who's about to sell his business, mm -hmm. and he's uh, he lives in is it Estes Park? He lives in currently, and he's moving to the mountains. He was going to retire. He lives in Boulder. He was going to retire at Estes Park. Mm -hmm. um, you know, after he sells his business, he's going to be able to upgrade that A-frame. But yeah. So is this yeah. a uh, is is this a, a vision of you or what you want to be or? Or what, what do we got here? <laughs> you know, um, everybody asks that. Every character, you know, they, yeah. they want to know and they think, oh, that's you or that's that's your wife or that's this or the other. Yeah. Um, as a writer, I'm I'm in every one of those characters. Mm -hmm. And some of my friends are in those characters. Friends mostly just by their names. If, if I, I purposely put some names in there because those are people I worked with. And it's sure. just a nod to them, really. And it's kind of fun to do that. But uh, some aspects of Rob or me. But some aspects of the bad guys are me too, hmm. you know, except Putin because I, I can't go shirtless. <laughs> but you have ridden a bear here and there, I assume. Yeah, 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 one or two. Yeah. So what what was the hardest part of the process for you of you know creating either of these books? Um, publishing, uh, editing, yeah. no formatting, formatting. But the writing, you know, it's work, but. Uh, I don't know what writer's block is. I know people talk about it. I've never had an issue with that. Um, it's never felt like work. Mm. That was a cool thing. I started writing and I just, it just didn't feel like work. It was, it was like stamp collecting or something. I just, I enjoyed doing it. How long did it take you to write it? Uh, the first book, uh, six months from okay. um, uh, start to finish for, to, to publish. Second one, two years because I, I switched IBM over to CTL and, yeah. and then that kind of slowed things down. But uh, uh, probably, it's actually even a shorter book, but um, then you go to publish, you got to format that stuff. And I don't know, it's not that it's difficult. Um, and it's, it's not like it's written out for you either. You got to figure it out, but you got to format an ebook, you got to format a paperback. Um, it, it's not as easy as you would think. It's not like you can just use Word. You, you know, you have to have pages formatted differently for the left side and the right side. Mm. Um, I just find it kind of monotonous I don't enjoy the formatting part yeah I, uh, I hired an editor on, on my first book but that just gave me you know feedback I, uh, if uh, you know if I were to start making money on these things I'd um, well ideally I'd get it get it published but self-publishing you have to decide if you're going to pay for certain services right I would pay for formatting a book yeah um, I almost did this time but I, I, don't know, I decided to do it myself I don't, I don't enjoy it is there, a, is there a third, is there a trilogy that we're creating here, or what do you think? Sort of. Um, I, I'm already writing the third book. I don't know what the conventions are for a trilogy. It's some of the same characters. Uh, the, the, uh, the, 
the lead character, the protagonist, is somebody who's not even born yet in the first book, mm. but is announced in, I'm sorry, second book, but is announced in that second book. Okay. Well, I think and, I know who that is then. Yeah. And a couple of characters will, will bleed into it, but it's going to be 20 years in the future, and I changed the genre from tech thriller to uh, cyberpunk. Hmm. I just want to grow as a writer. I want to start doing some new things. Yeah. Instead of tech thriller, it'll be a mystery. Mystery will be a little different for yeah. me. I'll, I'll have to learn some skills. So if people are interested in, in picking up your books, uh, talk to me about, I, was the first one called Cyber War One? that mm -hmm. it was called? Um, and, and your name is Ed Mahoney. So what, what's the best way for them to, to find these books? Just, you know, you can Google my name and you'll find it, but go to Amazon. I, I, uh, I just went exclusive with Amazon this time because as, as a new writer, you know, I'm not going to get any sales anywhere else anyway. So I just went Amazon. It gives me a better commission. Yeah. Go to Amazon Books and you can you can just type in Cyber War. I'll be on the first page at least for the next couple of days. And, and I, I check that every day. And I think I saw, um, I think I saw that if you, someone has was it called the Amazon Read? Is that what it's called? There, there's oh, like Kindle Pages or something. I, I forget some, what that program is called. There's some program that they have. You're actually free on that for people who have that subscription. Yeah, people describe that. I I get maybe a quarter of my sales of people just reading pages like that. Yeah, it's kind of weird to add that up, but yeah. um. Yeah. So, so if someone's already subscribed to that that subscription, excuse me, I'm not sure what it's called, but um, they, they can go read your books for free. And, yeah. And so in Amazon, you don't have to have an e-reader. I've got a paperback mm -hmm. there. Amazon doesn't do hardbacks yet. The first book, I went with a different uh, publisher, and, and uh, I've got a hardback on that. But Amazon, just a, a soft cover paperback in e-books. But you and, did and move over, pages. you moved the first one over as well though, right? So well, I always had it there. Okay. Um, I did, did uh, I did change and go exclusive with them. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, that's great. So, you know, for those people who, who are interested in reaching out to you, you have a, a preferred way if they have questions about the book, are you, are you open for people reaching out to you? Can, can Alex it? take the first call and oh. then, then he can filter on? I'd be happy to sign up Alex as the guy. Okay then, yeah, so. Yeah. Um, Alex at colorado-security.com. Yeah, because sometimes I'm, I'm off where I'm on vacation, there's weekends, there's there's days I yeah. could use Alex. Alex is, the, Alex is a yeah. good buffer for that. Good. Well, that's great. Uh, anything else you want to talk about about the process or the book that we can share with the community? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been meeting Excuse me. Uh, a lot of writers, just on my job at work. Hmm. One of my beta readers was another product manager on my team, uh, um, uh, Dave, and he's writing a book. I just keep running into people who are writing books. It is so much more doable nowadays. Hmm. It's like you, you know, you're you're doing this podcast. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes on in that. There's yeah. a lot of behind the scenes. After you're done talking, you got to edit and, and publish that thing. Um, Self-publishing is just a lot easier nowadays. It's yeah. doable. Like I said, formatting a book is not something I enjoy. It's doable. Yeah. It's all very doable. So more people are doing these things. Um, people should certainly reach out to me. Um, I've got a pretty strong digital presence. I'm, I'm easy to find, and I would love to, to help people along the way. But um, Denver has got an awesome uh, conference in September every mm. year. Where, where it's the Rocky Mountain Fiction Writers. Really? Yeah, it's very cool. I am. Um, I went to it the first couple of years. I, I went to it after the first draft of my first book, and it's like any other user conference you would go to. You, you go to sessions where people are teaching you how to do stuff, but but mostly you're just there with your tribe. Wow. You know, you're in there, and it's like all these people are writers, and so am I. How many folks show up to that thing? Thousands. Wow. Um, uh, you know, maybe not. Over a thousand. Wow. I, I would say over a thousand. That's maybe really 1, cool. Fifteen hundred. 
but it, it is pretty cool. And uh, and it'll get it's like the Comic Con is going on right now. I had to walk here a couple of blocks yeah. and I feel a little underdressed. Everybody was in their outfits. Um, but a conference like that is something that'll get you excited. Yeah, it's affordable. It's like four hundred, five hundred dollars to register. Cool. Yeah. Well, anyone who's, who's interested in writing sounds like a good place to go and learn and experience it. Well, Ed, thanks so much for your time. It's really been fun catching up, and thanks for keep uh, for writing the book and sharing it with us. Look forward to seeing what comes next. Yeah, thank you. You think the keg's still open? I think the keg's still open. All right. All right. Thanks, Rob. Thanks a lot. Learn more about the Colorado security scene at colorado-security.com, where you can see information about local security groups, a calendar of upcoming security events, and learn more about Colorado equals security. Reach out to Alex and Rob by emailing info at colorado-security.com. Until next time, remember, Colorado equals security.